following is a continuation of our study called Never Out of Reach, looking at the book of Jonah. We hope you enjoy. So before we do that, just a kind of a recap. Jonah ran. He went on a boat. Storm happened. You know, people were, were upset. They start throwing stuff over the boat, and they realize that Jonah's the reason why the boat is under distress. So Jonah gets thrown overboard, and he gets swallowed by what? A fish. A fish. And that's where we pick up tonight. Well, who would like to open us some prayer, Jack? Would you, would you mind opening us some prayer? Uh, Father, uh, this day, thank you for this time that we have to learn more about you. Amen. All right. Would anybody like to read? It's only ten verses, so it's a fairly short passage. Anybody? Anyone wants? Uh, just one through ten of chapter two. All right. Anna's going to read. So everybody, pay attention. Go ahead. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, the Lord his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, "I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and He answered me out of the belly of Sheol." Okay, Sheol. I cried, and You heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. And I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountain. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you bought, brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you and to your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have owed, I will pay. Bowed. Wait. Okay. Right. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Okay. Thank you, Anna. All right, so y'all, y'all know how diamonds come to be what they are. What does a diamond start out as? Gideon. Carbon. Starts out as carbon. Okay, so it starts out deep under the earth and where it's really hot and there's a lot of pressure. And sometimes there'll be uh, some, some pressure that builds up and forces this carbon up to the surface. And what happens is when it, is, when it reaches the surface and it, it touches the cool air, it cools very, very quickly and it turns into a volcano. No. <laughs> diamond. Uh, so it turns into a diamond. Something that was once not very pleasant, not very nice to look at, is now beautiful. And that's how the Lord works in our hearts. Jonah's heart was what? It was black as coal. It was like a piece of carbon under the earth. Uh, but he comes out as what? Awesome. Go with the illustration. He comes out as a diamond in the end. Because the Lord works in him. The Lord makes and uses him uh, to fulfill his purposes. So tonight, real simple, God often uses times of great rebellion in our lives in order to draw us to himself. So let's look at uh, just a couple different things. I want to talk first about how God often brings us to the brink. Do you all know what I mean by that? He brings us to like the end of our rope, so to speak, to, to a place where we're so far off, to the point where we feel like, you know, maybe I am so far off that God can't save me. But he always does what? He loves us, so he brings us back. So God often brings us to the brink. And for Jonah, uh, look at verse 5. So Jonah is kind of descending here, and he retells the, tells us about his despair here. In verse 5, the waters closed in over me. To take my life, the deep surrounded me, the weeds were wrapped around my head. So he's surrounded by the deep because he's where? Inside of a fish, okay, deep below the, the sea. And you know he talks about the, the roots of mountains here. So if you look at a mountain that goes into the water like Hawaii, 
what's bigger? What you see or what you don't see? What you don't see. It's like an iceberg. Okay. The, he, so he's like way down there, really down in the deep. Many times the, the root of our sin is much deeper than what we can actually see. So this idea of going down for Jonah is it's kind of a metaphor, but it's also a physical thing because he literally is going down. He's physically going down. But for many of us, this is a metaphor. Okay? Oftentimes, when we are running from God, when we're avoiding the scriptures, when we're avoiding church, when we're avoiding being taught by Jesus, we go into the deep and we're far away from God. And we're, we're deep and we're far. And sometimes it feels like we're, we're incredibly far away that, that the Lord can't even draw us back. Sometimes we feel like that. Have you all ever felt like you've been so far from God that it's just like, why do I, why, what, do, what do I do? I don't even know how to begin to turn back to Jesus. Well, look at verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. So what is the application there? I'll can answer that question. When we're in the deep, when we're, we're running from God and we're far away from him, we can pray to him and ask him for help. We can ask him to help us in the midst of our sin. So he's in the belly of this fish, but he's, he's essentially saying, I'm also in the belly of what? We see that in verse, uh, in verse 1. Out of the belly of what? Sheol. Okay, do you know what Sheol is? Sheol is like this really Old uh, Testament way of saying the place where people are awaiting God's judgment. So Jonah's sitting here saying, I, you know, from the darkest of places here, I'm crying out. This is not a neutral place. This is a bad place. You don't want to be in Sheol. Okay? It's essentially hell. And he's saying, even from there, I'm crying out because I feel like I'm so far away from God. But look at verse 6. What does he say? At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. So he, again, he's, he's describing this, this scene that he's feeling in his own heart where he feels like he's in a prison. Like, so the bars are closed. Okay? The bars of a gate are closed and he can't get out. You know, he's at the brink here. Okay? He, he feels like he is just so far away from God. And if you can remember in the last chapter, okay, there was almost a sense of relief that Jonah felt when they told him that they were going to throw him overboard. Okay? It's kind of an odd thing. But at one point he was like, well, if they throw me overboard and I die, then I don't have to do what? I don't have to go to Nineveh and do what God's telling me to do because I'm so scared of doing it. Okay? So at one point he was like almost excited to die. And now what? He's terrified. He's absolutely terrified. This is a full-fledged, eye-opening moment for him. If you look at verse 7, what does it say? When my life was fainting away, what? I remembered the Lord. So his life was fainting away. He's almost about to die. The end of his rope. He's, he's at the brink. And what happens? He remembers the Lord. Now, was this just a, uh, oh yeah, I'm supposed to honor God. Do you think it was like that? Or what, what do you think it was like? Because obviously he remembers something. What do you think this moment was like for him? Yeah, it's like a contemplative moment where he's saying, this is what I've been doing, and this is what the Lord has called me to do. I need to turn back to him and remember his promises, remember all that he's done for me. Okay? We, we sing a song that's based on Psalm 130 that talks about how, from the depths of woe. I bring to you my songs of lamentation. Okay, and that's exactly what Jonah is doing here. From the deepest, darkest places of my heart, I'm calling out to you, Lord, and seeking forgiveness. Okay, Jonah could not have gotten further away from God. Okay, he's deep in the ocean. But where do his cries reach out to? They reach all the way up to heaven. And God hears those cries. Uh, his plea reaches all the way to God. So my encouragement to you all tonight is never think that you are far too gone or done too much that he wouldn't love you. Because his love 
will never escape us. It never lets us go. It, we will never be out of reach of God's love. Okay? Jonah had a, like a blatant, frustrating, like running and, and almost hating of God. And even then, God called him. He pursued him moments from his death. So God often lets us get to that place, but he always has a plan for us. And that plan is that he also wants to redeem us. He wants to save us. He wants to show us his love. So let's continue looking at that. We see the song of, of thanksgiving that Jonah re- raises up. He recognizes that it's all God's work. He recognizes that it's God's saving work that gets him to this point. Uh, we see that again in verse 6. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed on me forever. You, yet you brought up my life from the pit. Oh, my God. So, again, he's recognizing God is the one that's doing the work in my heart right now, and I'm so thankful for that. Okay, that's one of the things that we believe in the Reformed faith is that the Lord is the one that does the work. Okay? And why is that? Why does that have to be? Because left to ourselves, what are we going to do? We're going to make bad decisions. We're going to screw things up. Okay? Our hearts are dark. They're tainted by sin. And apart from the saving work of Jesus, we have no hope. And that's what Jonah is recognizing here. Uh, he was drowning, but the Lord was at work. Now, if you remember, turn, turn back to chapter 1, that last verse. What does it say? Yeah, the one after that, 17. Okay, so was this random? Was this just some like random fish that was just thrown along and was hungry and no. saw Jonah as a delightful snack and said, I think I'll go after that? No, the Lord appointed this fish. Okay, We can write a whole book about what that might mean. So he's, he's inside this belly, and what is he doing? He's lamenting. He's, he's thinking about the things that he's done. He reflects on the one thing that would save him, and that's what? God. Okay, And he recognizes the Lord's work. The Lord is the one that brought the storm. The Lord is the one that appointed this fish. So he appoints the work that would happen in Jonah's heart, and he recognizes that there's no other way for him to get out of this mess that he's in. So in verse 8, what does he say? It's kind of a curious little uh, thing that he says here, and we can kind of glaze over it and, and just kind of, like, I don't know what that means, so we'll just get past it. But what, what does he say in verse 8? Okay, what do you think he means there? He's talking about vain idols, okay? So what do you think he's trying to point out? If you make idols out of other things other than God, you'll chase after those things, right? Okay, so what what was Jonah's idol? Himself, okay? He he didn't want to do what God said. He had a better plan, okay? So God said, go to Nineveh. Jonah said, absolutely not. I'm going that way, okay? So he was making an idol of, of his own comfort, okay, of his own life. And perhaps maybe he was even thinking about the sailors that threw him over the boat. What were they doing right when the storm happened? They were making sacrifices to their idols. But in the end, what did they do? Y'all remember? They turned to God, the true God, and started making sacrifices to him. Jonah's unaware of that, so he doesn't know what happened to those sailors because he was already in the water at this point. But perhaps he's just recognizing a general, Lord, I have made an idol. We all make idols, and I need to turn to you. We all need to turn to you in the midst of these things. Sometimes it takes the pit of despair to, to take those idols from our hands. Sometimes the Lord lets us go off into our sin so that we realize how much of an idol they are and turn back to him. And he's the one that works to bring us back. Uh, so Jonah went into the depths clinging to this idea, focused on himself. He was focused on his own comfort, his own situation. He said, you know what, Lord, I know you're good, but you're calling me to go do this good thing. But I'm too terrified to go there. I'll never go there. I'm going this way. Okay. The same God who appointed this fish also appointed Jesus to come and die for us. Okay? 
So he's always thinking about how he can call us back to himself. He's always thinking about how he can draw us closer to him, especially when we run from him. Okay, we, we know the, the story of the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son goes off, does what? Blows all of his money up. Uh, he, he ends up like eating the, the food of pigs because he's just he has no money to buy food. And uh, what does he do? He returns. And does the dad say, well, no, I think you should just stay out there for a little bit. Maybe we'll welcome you back later. No, what does he do? He runs to go get him. Okay, It was actually quite inappropriate for old men to run in public. But what does this guy do? He runs to his son. Okay? Culturally, everybody would be like, why is that guy running? That's so weird. But he loves his son so much that he's running to him. God is using this process to change Jonah's heart. And he uses similar processes to change our own hearts. Y'all ever been through something really hard? Y'all ever been in a really dark place personally? The Lord works even in those places okay, to prepare us. And what do you think he's preparing Jonah to do? To go where? He's working on him here in chapter 2. But where do you think he's calling him to? Nineveh. Okay, So he's working in his heart in chapter 2 in order to use him in this next chapter in chapter 3. So let me close with this. I was reading about this thing called ethical amnesia. Have you ever heard of this? It's a fascinating thing. It's this idea that we often forget the bad things that we've done. And, and like in our minds, we like trick ourselves into thinking we never did them, even though we did do them. So they've run actual like tests on people and like given these like exams and they've watched people. Uh, and some people who cheat, they, they, they watch them a little, bit, a little bit more. And they notice that uh, those people always deny that they've cheated on a test. And they get to the point where they do it so much that they don't even realize that they're doing it. And they continue to do it. So we often have this like idea that we just want to forget all the bad things that we've done. We, we, we only want to focus on ourselves. Okay? Jonah was doing just that when he ran. He was forgetting that the Lord was calling him to something great, but he was so focused on himself that he ran. But here, the servant, Jonah, recognizes his error. And he, he wants to see the Lord uh, work in his heart. Okay? He had to see his issues in order to see how God was going to use him. Now, if we avoid the wrong in our life, if we just pretend like the bad in our life doesn't exist, like that ethical amnesia, what are we neglecting? What are we forgetting about? Yes, we're forgetting about our sin, but what is a very positive thing that we tend to not see as much when we just push away the bad and say, well, you know, it's really not that bad? God's love, His grace, okay? So when, we're, when we just push away the bad, we don't, we don't see how good the grace is. How do you tell the difference between two things? You put them right next to each other. And they're strikingly different. God's, God's grace, our sin. Now, if we just take away the sin and we just see God's grace, is it as good as it was when we're comparing it to our sin? No. Okay? We need to see how bad our hearts can be in order to see just how amazing and good God's love is for us. Okay, so this passage ends with Jonah taking a vow in verse 9 where he says, But with the voice of thanksgiving I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So he's saying, Lord, you have called me to this purpose of going to Nineveh. I'm going to go now, and I'm going to trust in you. And then what happens? Just as uh, he was hurled into the sea by these sailors, what happens? He's hurled onto dry land. Okay? One writer calls what a Christian is like. It should be like a beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. So Jonah's recognizing that. I have messed up. I'm struggling, but I'm going to go tell these people where to find hope. In Christ, in God. Now, I can't imagine how bad he probably smelled at this point. You know, being in a fish for several days and then being vomited out. Okay, he probably did not smell good physically. Probably smelled very, very badly. Didn't put on his deodorant for a couple of days. You know, hadn't showered, uh, hadn't shaved. So his beard's all sweaty and he's just covered in like just gunk. Okay, this fish vomits him out. 
but his life is about to turn into a pleasing fragrance to the Lord. He's brought out of his darkness, brought out of the deepest, darkest part of his life, and he's sent out to do a good work for the Lord. And that's something that I think we can, we can resonate with. Oftentimes, the Lord allows us to go through difficult things for the purposes of showing us his goodness. That's kind of what I wanted to get across tonight. That's all I have. Let me pray, and then I've got just a few questions for us to wrestle with. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this time. Lord, we do thank you for your word and how it changes us. Even the the smaller books of the Old Testament are so good for us to read through and dwell on. So we pray that we would be like Jonah as he repented of his sin. Uh, We ask that you would help us to turn to you and, and give thanksgiving to you for how you work in us, Lord. And we thank you so much that you never let us go. Father, uh, that would be an awful life to live if we can fall out of your hands at any moment. But you hold us uh, with your love. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WYM.